Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yes. Don't want to see knees, Judith. Don't want to see them. Put them away. Oh, Put your knees under the desk. Terrible, aren't are they? we on? I think we're on. They're a bit hairy, aren't they? They're not hairy. They're smooth and brown and round. They're very round. Round need girl. Hello. Are we on? We didn't do the clap along. Yeah, but we always get it wrong. Yeah, no, no. you've already got it wrong. Stop it. Oh, I like. Oh, that. for goodness' sake. We get listen. We get emails about this. We get complaints. Yeah, we do. Let's we just don't mind. To it. As long as you communicate with us, as long as you get in touch, we don't even mind if you complain. We don't even care. We just want to hear from you. <laughs> Hello, dear listeners. Hello, Judith. Hello, Judith. Why did you sound so terribly surprised to see me sitting I've, here? Do you know, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of you over the last 24 I hours. Know, I know, it's been quite trying, hasn't we it? We spent time together. Judith mm. and I had a meeting. We had an important business meeting uh, in town yesterday. And then she was going to stay at my house because uh, of coming to the podcast today. And uh, so we went together to the theatre. We did. It was terribly grown up, wasn't we it? We went to see a musical. <laughs> We've got back road tickets and we're going to do a musical. Yeah, yeah, you see, that's all. We've already burst the bubble. But bubble? We've already burst the bubble, haven't we? Because we've got the back road tickets. We've got some cheap ones at the end of the day. That's all we're going to say. Uh, So we came in uh, to the podcast together on the public transport and we, what did we create? Well, it sort of happened, didn't it, that? So we were sitting on this um, tube and you got your tapestry tapestry out and I got my crochet out. It's almost competitive. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> dueling with wool. <laughs> and we created craft carriage. We did. It was quite an interesting little scene, wasn't it? It said it all about, you know, this stage in our lives. Nobody else joined in. No, that was I could the see them looking. I could see them looking. And I actually sneering, think it was Judith, rather they were sneering. No, I don't think they were sneering. I think it was a sort of fragrant little scene of two women, you know, of a certain age two old pals. busying themselves. Yes. Yeah. Like witches. Um, now, I came in here and you sat down, got you exposed your knees, told you to put them away. And then I smelled basil, an mm. overwhelming mm. sense of basil. Basil-y, I thought, is this it? a brain tumour or is it you? It's me. And I, yeah, so yeah, I don't, well, because we, I went to this festival called yeah. Wilderness, okay. which is quite, you know, the thing. Yeah, but you didn't and, camp, did you? Uh, no, of course I didn't camp. No, no, because it's quite near where we live. So we took the girls and we... You had a, commuted to a festival. commuted to a festival, which is cheating. sort of cheating, isn't yeah. it? It's really cheating, but who cares? Um, and we had a sort of, yeah, we had a kind of make-your-own-perfume session, me and Ellen, which was very lovely. It was very... Did you have to pay? Of course you did. Oh, that was the trouble much? with it. Everything cost a fortune at Wilderness. Um, I think that was about £8 each. So that was nothing compared to the cost of loads of stuff there. Was the food expensive? Oh, my God. I'm surprised you didn't take Tupperware in, Judith. Oh, I thought about that. I sent an email out to them all about that. And that was quickly, don't be ridiculous. Yeah, I know, because it's part of the fun, apparently, at festivals. Right, but but I was... can't stand it. That's one of the mm. reasons why I can't do those outdoor festival things. Because you have a field of all different eating stations. Yeah, yeah eating experiences. And you... 
That's right. Yes. Eating yes. experience and drinking experience. And you just too. think, well, I don't know which one to choose. You're I in know. a circle, dithering, dithering. <laughs> do I want the squid, or do I want the chili thing, or do I yeah, want the dogs? I know. I know. The coconut, the coconut curry was a long queue, yeah. which was worth the wait. Very, very nice. But um, Sienna, well, she'll, she'll be really cross with me for saying this, but she she's quite bossy about wilderness because she's been already, you see. Oh, God, yeah. 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 So, so she's she said, leader. She, was, she leader. was kind of leader. Yeah. And she said... Um, this is your oldest daughter. Yeah, so we had, we actually, we had a WhatsApp group. Mrs Kaplan. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we, had, we had a WhatsApp group for, for wilderness. And so she came on and she said, um, OK, Mum, you have got to look out. I will tell you when the banquets come for sale because they'll sell out really fast. So you've got to get on it, all right? And we all need to go to a... A celebrity banquet. So, oh. all right, you know, that's one of my tasks. So, so anyway, the email, the, the WhatsApp came in. Yeah. I was on the top of a coach coming back from Oxford. Obviously, had to down to everything and book this bloody banquet. You go to a festival and you book a banquet. Well, that's the kind of thing wilderness, wilderness is. It's okay. really sort okay. of This is a, so a cut above. People. Oh, my God. A hot yes. dog in a field. Well, no. Okay. So, you know, wait for this. All right. So I do it. And they are, they're selling out like really fast. Yeah. And I managed to get sort of, you know, the Friday night at 7.30, you know, got that, they got the six, got them a basket, still got the tickets, you know, and you've got this thing saying you've only got it for so many seconds. Yeah, yeah. Guess what? Six of us, guess how much it was in the bloody basket? Guess. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be at least £30 per person, 180 quid. Five hundred. Oh, Judith! No! Oh, you didn't. Yes, you didn't. Well, I'd told. have emptied my basket as quickly as you could say hot I've dog in a field. I've been told. So that's what oh I did. Oh my god! Yes, I did it. So I thought, well, I better had, you know, because Miss has told me. Because you've been me. told. Yeah, exactly. So I did it. I and you, it. D- you do owe her because you have blotted your copybook recently with sticking your nose in where it wasn't really wanted. <laughs> so you did have to sort of do something. Make up a bit. Yes, yeah, I yeah, did because yeah, I yeah, really, yeah. really pissed her off about yeah. something. Anyway, so I got this thing and then I scrolled back to look at what we were getting and everything. Well, mine was quite nice anyway. How many courses? Yes. Yeah, it was a, well, it's a banquet, you see, that can kind of cover loads of things. Well, is it a buffet? It. What is it? Right, anyway, so i tell you what it was. Yeah. So we got there yeah. and you know eventually it came through and you, know, you had to take you know a piece of identity with you, you had to get there at seven o'clock get this so at 7 30 you had to get start queuing at seven o'clock to get it i'm not queuing for after all that i know we paid 520 for. quid yeah so anyway we do that we get and you know we eventually left it and let it in and we sort of got this banquet seats are you in a tent oh of course we're in a tent yeah. you know on very uncomfortable banquet uh, you know is it hay bales no, it's, it was wooden benches, but, okay. you know, pretty squashed in, let's face it. A celebrity chef that I've never heard of. <laughs> so, <laughs> how many celebrity chefs are there? Probably I don't know lot. why you don't call yourself a celebrity chef, Judy. I probably should Not be, just the, the cheese scones exactly. at that party. Exactly. So they sit us down and, you know, we have a champagne to start. So yeah. that's all quite good. I'd have guzzled as much. Yeah. I've got I've been thinking 500 quid well, for the champagne. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. so anyway, that goes down pretty fast. Yeah. And uh, so they bring out that first course, which is a funny sort of taster thing with kind of uncooked fish and a bit of seaweed or oh, something. Oh, yeah. I'm probably doing his disservice. But anyway, so as this man placed it down, he said very pointedly, this is your between six. 
And it was only like a little dinner plate between six. That was and our And you first thought that course. that was your, just for you? Well, you yeah. were about to mean a banquet to me. That does no, not equal banquet. That. Equals 520 quid. No, banquet, you so, should be groaning. Exactly. Exactly. So that was always, a, that was already a bit of a sort of morale yeah, yeah. dip all round. Was Mike, your, your husband, there as well? We were all six of us were all there. Six yeah, of I don't think everybody so knew. On for yes. meal. Yeah, exactly. So that was all a bit much. And anyway, the people next to us seemed to be, I noticed there was more champagne going down there and you know a bit further down i thought how much are these people paying they've got the executive already, tickets well we didn't i don't know i just assumed they were all they were ordering more stuff i mean for fuck's sake i wasn't gonna pay anything more than five she's done first swear okay i'm doing a chart of your swearings <laughs> judith's got one judith here jenny here i'm on nil but then if i haven't spent over 500 quid on yes. some raw fish i'm allowed aren't i okay be? so second so that, course second course and, and there were two first courses and then there was the main all right okay second first course second first course yes. was cauliflower curry something yeah a I can cauliflower do that at home. a cauliflower between six. between six do you know how much cauliflower is yeah Judith? exactly it's a quid. actually i bet you grow them again you it was placed own. down between six now morale was really dipping Really dipping, I started to get cross. Oh, Judith. I was starting to get to the point where I might say to that bloke, we are going to be hungry and this is not going to work. Okay. Then notice more wine was being ordered. Everybody was, you know, bringing more. I thought, well, how much these people started to hate these yeah, people. I hate them. Really hate these people. Yeah. And then, and then the people next door handed Ellen a bottle of very nice wine, and we were all terribly sort of grateful and gracious. Are you sure that's really nice of you? Are you sure? And somebody said to Ellen, and they were already we were on our second first course. Well, it's all included, or it's all as much booze as you can include it. Well, the moment they said that, Philly Boots, <laughs> all bets were off, and suddenly we understood they were all ordering second and third glasses of champagne. But We've... it's not you don't, but you don't even drink, so it's a bit no. wasted on you. Well, it? Mind you, I did. I had a bit of a drink. I thought, well, I'm going to. Did anyway. you develop a problem? Yeah, immediately. Well, there was a bit of there was a bit of dancing on benches. Oh Christ! There was. You see, that's why you mustn't there was. drink. I know, it was a new side of me that came out. So I want, I you, I want your main ages. course. The main course, thank God, was quite large. It was, I think, a sort of... Was, was it meat or lamb? Oh, it yeah, wasn't yeah. a leg of lamb, yeah. but it was a very large shoulder of lamb and it yeah. was quite delicious. Okay. And then there was some very weird pudding that involved ice cream that, that sort of tasted a bit like it had been burnt with a Bunsen burner, but yeah. anyway. Um, it was all a bit affectatious. But by now you're so pissed you and don't care. we were care. quite pissed by then and yeah. actually we had a really good time, but only because... You drank a lot. We drank a lot and thank goodness, how bitter would we have been if we hadn't found out until the bloody end that everyone... Uh, that's another swear, that's oh. two. <laughs> um, so anyway. what were your highlights of the Wilderness Festival? Oh, I forgot to tell you. Oh God, big highlights, big highlights. Oh no, who's this? Big highlights. Okay, so we went. We went, <laughs> we went to see Caravan Palace, and I did have to take a bit of a run up at that because okay, I do forgetting, okay. keep forgetting what they were called. But they were, they were Aaron's favourite group, if that's the right word. Yeah, they were really Band. good. They yeah. were really good. Caravan okay. Palace, and it got quite squashy at the front. Oh, you weren't mosh pitting. I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Were you up and you know right at the front, kind of you know throwing yourself around a bit? In the mosh pit. In the mosh pit. No, I think we were near the front. I don't know where that meant. in the mosh, mosh pit, pit, Daisy. But anyway, so who should sidle up to us? And Sienna spotted this straight away, and so did I in a flat. King Zog. Princess Beatrice. Oh, I got a royal. I guessed a royal. But the only one I could think of was King Zog. 
uh, of Albania. Um, That's a bit so, of a weird direction know, to go into. Why do you think that? I don't know. Um, yeah, Princess Beatrice. Yeah. Princess Beatrice. Uh, what friend. does she look like? What does she look like? Well, lovely. Curvy. Curvy. Yeah, I know, gorgeous, but very little. And I suppose they are quite little, aren't they, all the royal family? Quite yes, little. Five foot two on average, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, delightful. And, and with Did her sort of... Yeah, a little bit. You know, she said, oh, you know, who's this? Is And I was able to tell her it was Caravan Palace. And, <laughs> Did you? You know, there were a couple... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do, you know woman... what, but do you know, I mean, I'm not even a royalist, really. Really. But I, I am terribly. I mean, I'm so two-faced. I read all the articles and look yeah. at look at me, my yeah. face. I'm just You're delighted. Thrilled. I couldn't thrilled. wait to tell you. Couldn't I, wait to tell oh, you. I can't believe that we've no. spent sort of probably 18 hours together, and this yeah. is the first yeah. time <laughs> I've heard that you were in close proximity. Very, with, very. But with, then. With and, Beatrice, and then and then so they stayed there for most of the. Maybe you'll, she'll invite you to her wedding because I think she's going to get married <laughs> quite soon. Yes, and he was there. Was he? Yes, he was. He was quite quite little, uh, but sort yeah. of good looking. And um, no, but I was terrible because whenever she was looking the other way, I kept leaning over to Mike and to and to, and to Ellen saying, "It's Princess Beatrice." <laughs> and then when she went, I, had, I couldn't stop myself from telling everybody, "Do you know who that was? Did you see who that was?" Terrible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I was very starstruck. But I, th- I, do you know what? I similarly, I mean, I'm more of a royalist than you, and I, d- I think that's because I come from an army background, and it's kind of beaten into our heads a bit. Um, I find them absolutely intriguing. One of the best books I've ever read, uh, or actually listened to, was Craig Brown's account of Princess Margaret. I love that book. You can give me Princess Margaret gossip until you know the cows come home. Of which there was quite a lot in that book. Yes, this wasn't there. So, it was a so um, are you by the water at Wilderness? Was there sort of skinny <gasps> dipping yes, and boating? Yes, there is and... wild swimming, which of course is Did one you? of my things. Yes. Well, I was kind of thinking of it, and then I got there, and I thought, Judith, you cannot. With it, and young, also, I, I, there was a, they didn't, you know, the girls didn't actually say, Mum, you're not going to go into your cosy here, are you? They didn't say that. Did you I have it with sort you? of, yeah, I could kind of, got, I got it. You've always got your cosy with yeah. you. Always. So I, I, yeah, so I held the towels and watched them as they went in. Okay. And, um, and by day three, because they're coming home with you, they're commuting yes. to the, yes. are they sick of you? Oh yeah, there was yeah, because yeah, yeah, it was really. It was, by it, by it, Sunday evening, was, was it? Oh, they're itching to go. Itching oh, I can go. imagine three o'clock itching. Sunday afternoon, yes. all looking at the watches all the time. <laughs> yes. I know. <laughs> and by then, we'd had enough of them, to be honest. But Ellen came out with the most amazing line. She said, "Okay, so where, there I am helping them get in and out of their cosies, right? So you they're know? going in. Yes, they're going in, obviously, with all the beautiful young people. Um, and as she was getting dressed, she said she obviously got some rubbish in her hands, and she said she turned to me and she said, "Oh, Mum." Have you got a bin on you? Yes, of course I have. I carry a dustbin strapped to my back. Have you got a bin on you? But that's... What's an extra... Honestly. I know. Doesn't I smack a bottom next time I see her. Doesn't that say it Young all? Missy Ellen. It's like... My mum, oh, well, yeah, she loved that. I'm missing Phoebe now. I think I'm seeing her on Friday. Oh, are you? Well, she's conning me into buying her a dress for a wedding, isn't she? You know, she says, it'll be really nice to see you on Friday afternoon. I've got to really buy a dress for her. And you said, oh, lovely, we can go off and do some shopping. I said, should we just, uh, we could meet for lunch first, all that. Oh, nice. Nice. Are you going to, now, you've, you've been trying on clothes, haven't you? Where? I thought you did a tweet which said something like you tried on a jumpsuit. Oh dear! Oh, Are you going to tell me well, about you that know why you were swanning around having a celebrity banquet? I I had one of the most miserable days of my life bringing out my publication day. I was lonely. I was bone crushingly lonely because there were sort of chunks of time between the um, 
between the interviews and things. So hold on, tell us, t- tell us what happens on a publication day. So, well, so you brought out this fantastic novel which I'm reading called Inheritance. Yes, there's that. Yes, and uh, which Waterstones mm-hmm. don't seem to be stocking, which makes me really Bastards. honestly. Bastards. And you're meant to stick up for the bookshops, aren't you? The high street bookshops. Support your high street. I'm not supporting you unless you support me. Are you listening to me, Waterstones? <laughs> Sorry, little tiny bit of bitterness crept in there. <laughs> But so on publication day, you just you wake up and you think, oh, it's like my birthday. It's publication oh, yes. day, all that sort yes. of thing. And you get a box of books then from your publisher. Oh, with a big bow uh, on. With a, well, no, I, I didn't know it was my box of books. I thought it was some junk that had been sent for Jeff and I left it there for three days before <laughs> I opened it. And all my friends are saying, have you got a copy of books? I haven't got any, I was saying. And they were sitting in my hall anyway. I went off to do Lo- uh, Lorraine, which she wasn't there. It was Christine Bleakley. And of course, she hadn't had time to read the book. I ended up talking about my 60th birthday and uh, I said that when I get my, my card, you know, my bus pass, Yes. All I, all I want to do is I want to go all the way to Penge. And you know what? This made it onto the social media things and I've had some lovely invitations from pubs in Penge. Have <laughs> you? Yes. Have you? Really, yes, that's, that was the charming bit. And then I went to do some more radio interviews I'm yeah. by myself and I haven't had breakfast so I'm starting to feel very mental mm. uh, and my mother's been off hand with me on the phone because I phoned her to say I was on the telly she said I'm in the shower <laughs> and I just thought oh right I'm not mm, I'm not talking to you then uh, and then um, I, 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 t- I took myself out for breakfast and that was fine and then I had a, a, did a little radio and then I had another hour so, so I went to Marks and Spencer's and I, oh Judy oh I upset myself I did I tried on I tried on a khaki jumpsuit, as as exhibited by Holly Willoughby oh, on yeah. Marks and Spencer's websites and the adverts and all that. No, so wait a minute. You mean you're talking about like pockets and things? I'm talking about a jumpsuit. I'm right. talking utility yes, wear I sort see. of thing. I'm talking khaki with a zip up the middle I see. and patch pockets and all that sort right. of thing. And it seemed to have a drop gusset. And I have never, I jet when I got it off. I struggled to get it on and then I struggled to get it off and when it was in a heap on the floor in the dressing room I jumped up and down it I stamped on it <laughs> stamped on it ah, oh, ah, 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 I did is that why it's called a jumpsuit? yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, that you, you, I'm now cancelling one of your swears for oh, that you, you cleared your have I? you cleared your swear, swear deck so because, what did it look like on you? oh terrible why? It just really really bad why did it tell me? Uh, it, why did it? it went it just didn't fit in all the right place and oh. then the crotch was down by my knees oh. and it was just unfortunate it was an unfortunate look was on it? me was it? and then I, I did some more radios and then I was by myself again and I just thought oh I don't know quite how to celebrate I've already tried on a jumpsuit and looked terrible in it and the only thing I could think of doing was I went to Pratt uh, by London Bridge and I, there was uh, the lobster roll, which I hadn't managed to have until. And that was my celebration. And the lobster, the Pratt lobster roll and yeah. a Diet Coke. And I sat there thinking, well, this is the high life, isn't it? <laughs> and then I got home and fortunately mm. Jeff, Jeff came good. He did came, he? Yes, he did. He? Yes, he did. Because flowers? By, flowers, yes. Excellent. Yes, big bunch of flowers. Steak, Yes. New potatoes, yes. Good bottle of Chardonnay, yes. Project Runway, yes. <laughs> and now I'm he very, very well, happy. Yes, yes. And then the next day, right, uh, I was meant to be doing Sky Television. And I got a, a text saying, really sorry, we're going to have to uh, cancel today's interview. We're expecting an important political announcement. Oh. And I texted back, sort of being very facetious. I said, oh, yeah. what's, what's happening is, uh, you know... Something about I, I wrote something rude like 
is um, something something and this bon- John's going to shit himself. It's <laughs> really probably not the way to react to a news Possibly correspondent. Possibly but anyway, not. I was just I was ready. Mm-hmm. I was all ready and the car was Oh, coming. that late on. Uh, that late oh, on. Yes, Jenny, it was that's annoying. And and I got a text back saying we're expecting Corbyn to make an announcement at uh, uh, just after 12. Well, I was then thinking, well, that's fine. You know, if Corbyn's going yes. to make an announcement, yes, I right. Did Corbyn make? No, he didn't. I was going to say, what sort of no, announcement was that? Well, I felt, and I felt, I wondered whether he'd just lied to me or whether there had been some kind of rumour. But it came to naught, Judith. It came to naught. Anyway, uh, I've got over myself. But I don't think we can do this podcast without me saying how much I'm enjoying your novel, Jenny. Well, I don't think we can I, either, Judith. I, 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 I'm loving it, and I, you know, I've read your previous novels, and they're all bloody good. I'm not just saying this. It is. It's fantastic. You're only on age page 87. Well, that's, yeah, I know, but it's... You told me where you got up to last night, and I thought, well, that's not very far in. She's I'm had a bit it of a, a slow week. reader. I'm a bit of a slow reader. But I, the characters are wonderful. I mean, that character, Peggy, in the 1950s is fantastic, and yeah. Belle is particularly wonderful, well, and is one of us, isn't yeah, she? She's one of us. She's one of us. She's, but you haven't read all the book there, Judith, so I think, you know, we'll just... It's good. All I'm saying is it's bloody good, Jenny. And good. you are very, very clever. Good. Well, that's fine. I'm really very glad. Clever. And I'm going to bring Daisy a copy in next time. I was going to bring one today, going but to I test forgot. Test her on it afterwards. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so we've got a guest coming in. Yes, we have. We're very we have. fortunate. We are fortunate. We've got. I tell you who's coming in. We've got Caravan Palace. <laughs> Going to come and play for us. If that's what they're called. <laughs> you're, you're making me you're making, making me doubt me now. Sindhu V's coming in, and she is. Um, she's an Asian stand-up, married to a Danish man. She's funny. She's really, she's got really funny. Got some very funny. good material about bringing up children Absolutely. and uh, culture and her mother, clashes and, and her, her mum. And she's she's great. Yes, yeah, she's great. And she's in a telly thing. She'll tell us all about it. So that's Sindhu V coming in very shortly. Can we have something to eat now? Yes, it's lunchtime. Have you got any coleslaw? We're coleslaw free. But you know, I don't think I have. Might have got hummus. That's second second best. You know. I don't get right. your hummus thing at all. I find hummus a bit small. I'm not giving you any And it's grouting. Not giving you any of it. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Well, listen, we don't have time for the signature tune right now because our guest can only stay for 30 minutes because she's due some laser work. Laser hair removal. From where? From whence? Oh, think of the most exciting bits. Oh, we're going fanny. 
Jenny. What? <laughs> I mean, do, must I spell it out? F A N N Y. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we're doing. Uh, are we doing chin as well? No, no, this is all, all yes, done. Yes, I was yeah. going to say, I can't all, see anything on your no, chin and lip. No, but you see, the, the thing is, in South Asia, Yeah. Uh, first of all, look at my hair. It's all my own hair. So yeah, we have great hair, hair, but not just on our head. We are literally, <laughs> <laughs> we are like Yeti. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a huge issue in South Asia with women shouldn't have so much hair. Okay. Yes. Right? So when I was very young and I was a bit of a tomboy, not, not I was a bit of a tomboy, I was a complete tomboy because I didn't have an option since I was considered so ugly. Oh, um, I was like, well, maybe if I'm just a boy. <laughs> because boys yeah. were never called ugly or good looking. They were just boys. Yeah. That was all they had to do was be a boy. So I was very tomboyish. And then when I was about 12, I remember my aunt said to my mother, she said, Sindhu ki to Sindhu's got a mustache. Okay. Which as a boy, I was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> and my mother said, oh, but what shall we do? You know, her father spoils her so much and doesn't she, doesn't she doesn't behave like a girl and blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, the conversation descended into, but who will marry her? She has nice features, but so dark. Oh, God. <laughs> Covered like, by hair. Oh. Yeah, yeah, completely like hair. Um, so then they didn't tell me because I know how much threading hurts. I'd heard my cousins crying. Yeah. And and. <laughs> and, and yeah. Well, you'd be with an earshot of people having it done. No, everyone does it at home. You do your own threading. Oh, really? And screaming and crying. And, ah, ah. and I thought, I don't want to do that. They took me. There was a, a little salon. Because, of course, they don't want to spend any money either. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they could have burnt it off, they would have. <laughs> Blowtorch. Yeah, to a little salon, which was run by a lady from China. And we all called her Mrs. Sunflower, which was not her name. She didn't speak much. She spoke no English, and she spoke broken Hindi, and she was from China. And she just took a look at me and took a look at my mother. And, and I was crying already. And I tried to move. Mm. And M- Mrs. Sunflower was having none of it. So she called my mother over. My mother and my aunt held me down. My aunt put her <laughs> knee on my chest. I'll never forget. And my mother said, either you will have a smooth lips or you will be dead. You decide. <laughs> With that option. I mean, I cried the whole time. For me, because I'm bald. I'm, I'm the other end of the spectrum. Is I'm a wig? I've got some hair on my head, but more because I'm on HRT. HRT turns you into a bit of a wolf, to be honest. Your hair does thicken and your nails grow. I mean, this is me walking across lino. My toenails are about five inches long. Um, But uh, so I have never had... Judith's had some threading done on her chin. I've done electrolysis, I've done waxing, and I'm now on threading. I which, occasionally run a razor up and down my legs, but I've probably once every three months. Once, I shaved once. But now I can do my own threading and everything. I thread really? Why do you do your own threading? I can do your threading. <gasps> can you see it from there? No, can you actually see no, some? But no, you can. No, because no, you have light hair. Yeah. The other thing with this thick, dark hair is, yeah. you know, spiders coming out of your face. How do you learn to thread? Everyone in it, we just know. You just get the thread, you go like Can this, you crochet as well? Uh, cross stitch. I went okay, to a convent. Okay, I do. I do cross stitch. You want to see my convent? Because she does something much more useful with her needlework. I know. But Save yourself a fortune if you can do your own threading. Because Judith and I came on the tube this morning. I think we might have managed oh. to pass it off as an asthma attack. That's my. Um, we were actually on an overland train, and we would. She was crocheting, and I was doing my tapestry, and we called it the craft carriage. And you could have come on, and you could have done some threading. threading. I could have done some threading. 
just think it's such an incredible skill. It is. It, it's That's very, very, it's very simple. So do you have to keep on top of it? I mean, you don't yeah. So what us, happened is, and I started the threading. Yeah, then yeah, once yeah. you start, you can't stop because Indeed. well, you don't want to die. Oh yeah. yeah. If you have my mom and her sister around, and then I threaded all through university, and then I came here and I did my threading, but it was just upper lip. Mm. Yes. Um, and I've never touched my eyebrows because my mother said to me, one good thing is your eyebrow is correct shape. Don't yeah. touch it. Yeah. <laughs> I like your mom. So She's like, no okay. nonsense. No, nonsense sees her and turns around and runs in the opposite yeah. direction. Yeah. Um, and so I never touched my eyebrows. And then I remember people started talking about laser. Went through all my life, had my kids, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and waxing, legs yeah. and all is waxing, you know. And yeah. also in India, not yourself, presumably not not self waxing. Yeah, I've done that also. Have you really? Yeah, waxing just yeah. and you're yeah. done. Yeah. And then you know that thing happened where I had kids, and once you've had children, you think oh, I could try something else. I mean, I've had this happen to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had an epidural. There's no, there's no dignity, dignity left, is well, there? Well, I think it's more about fear because, like, I got an epidural. I was okay. like, please drugs, because my mother said. Anything they give you the medicine, you just take it because why have the pain? Yeah. I had no pain. And I was like, you had no pain? She said, I had no pain. Turns out at that point in in India, because she was a senior civil servant's yeah. wife, she had an attending GP. They gave her pethidine. Ah, uh, sent I mean, her to sleep. I don't even know how I was born. Yeah. yeah. So I was yeah. like, Ma, you did not have pain. You were unconscious. <laughs> I think pethidine was still around when we were yes, giving it birth. Oh, it was, was definitely. Yes. Yeah, it was on offer. It was off. Oh, yeah, definitely. So obviously, my mother was like, no, it's very easy. You know, you go to sleep, then baby comes. Of course, for yeah. you, because you were literally <laughs> asleep. Unconscious. <laughs> And so once you've done all that, and I had an epidural, and I didn't get paralysis, I thought, oh, I could do laser now. <laughs> and so then I went in for leg laser, and it was great. This um, marriage mix is very interesting. What did your mother think? Well, mommy was, you know, I was in my, I was 27, and that's very... Was she very, panicking? Oh, no, she had finished panicking, died several deaths, and come back again. You know what I mean? She Because they'd been trying to get me married since I was 19. And arranged in the sense that you introduce your daughter to someone, they go to lunch, then they come back and you say yes or no. But, you know, there is no distinction for South Asian parents between arranged marriages and the notion of love. We are raised to love our husbands. And, our hus- and these men are raised to love more or less their wives. So I always knew I would love my husband because that's what you did. You mm-hmm. got married. How I got the husband, that was more uh, debated. So tell us what your mother, what was your mother's reaction then when, well, when you I met was, Danish bloke? A couple of things had happened. I told mommy when I turned 25. I'll never forget, it was February. And I'd gone for my cousin's wedding. And I said to her, I said, mommy, I don't think I'm going to have an arranged marriage. And we were sitting outside and she didn't look at me. She just, because my mother, by the way, is a therapist for drug and alcohol mm-hmm. rehab. She started the first nonprofit one in North, in, in India, basically. So she, one part of my mother's mind was in front of my eyes, opening up to the notion that people want to be free mm-hmm. and they have feelings. And so I grew up from the time I was 16 with a mother who was, um, on the one hand, very conservative. She was raised in a deeply feudal and patriarchal background. She came from a landowning family. Women were not allowed to speak. Women were killed for speaking. And yet she had, you know, because of India and the way that it was developing, she'd got an education. That was all very, Indira Gandhi was, you know, a big deal. But deep down inside, she was still someone very conservative who thought, who believed that if her daughters didn't have husbands, they would have no agency. 
Mm-hmm. On the other hand, here she was working with drug and alcohol patients, and she was doing therapy. She'd gone to America to study. So she understood that people have motivations and people have their own agency. She grappled with this a lot. And so by the time I told her at the age of 25 that, Ma, I don't think I'll have an arranged marriage, we were able to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. She said, but why? Are you Lisbon? I was like, uh, no, <laughs> no. That was her. She didn't mind. She said, you know what? I don't mind. I don't mind if you're a missus and a missus. Let's have mm-hmm. a wedding. I was like, I'm not. First of all, that's not even how it works, missus and missus. And second of all, I'm not gay. But I just. And then I said to her, I think the boys that are coming through the arranged marriage circuit are not going to gel with me because I want too many of my own things. Had she tried you on this circuit? Oh, no, I've been trying since 19. They'd been kept okay. introducing me and kept introducing me. And I kept it kept not working. If if. A cup. I mean, if one thing had been different, I'd have been married. And it's a I didn't, bit pride and prejudice, and isn't I it? want it's, very completely. Yeah. I wanted to have an arranged marriage because that's how you got married. Yeah, I couldn't choose on my own. So the dame. Now I've got a picture in my head, and yes. he's tall and blonde. And he's tall and blonde. Comes and striding in, like walks in, and it's like this is a Viking. Yeah. But you know, I always wanted to marry someone taller, and I am. You know, I'm 5'10", which in India is freakish for a woman. Um, and one of the reasons a lot of these setups kept breaking down is because my, my mother kept lying and saying she's 5'8". And then the boy would show up yeah. and they would take a look at me and I'd always ask her, what did you think was going to happen? She said, I thought the boy will say yes, then we'll adjust it. Or, or maybe you wouldn't get up from the table. That's Just she stay sitting one down. Of, one of the times she said to me, this boy is a very good boy. When he comes, you go to bathroom first, sit on the sofa, don't stand up on me. Yeah. I was like, at some point, I'm going to have to stand up. And she said, I was praying to God that some miracle will happen. I'm like, what miracle? But, you know, she was desperate. At the same time, when I told her I didn't want to have an arranged marriage, she said to me, okay, then fine. But then who will you marry? And I said, I don't think I'm going to get married because I can't choose. And so my mother said, very good. Kuari banj dhonda marogi, which is very good. You've been unmarried, um, barren, giant. That's how you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> is she still alive? Yes, my mother's very much alive. Um, Over she, in India? She's in India, yes. She uh, had a very serious stroke in January. Mommy and I talk, used to speak five times a day. Um, and she's a humongous... I didn't even know how much of an influence my mother is on my thinking until I started doing comedy. Yeah. Um, and uh, she had she's a, very, a great voice. She's a great voice. She also... She's such a com- complicated influence, and yet she was very funny. My God, people... She was renowned for being funny. And my mother, you know, worked with a lot of pain. Um, addicts are fundamentally trying to escape pain. Mm-hmm. And she ran this rehab out of our house. So I spent a lot of time as a teenager with addicts in India at a time when addiction was considered something immoral and dirty. Meanwhile, I was sitting in group because I had every day, every day of my life, my mother has taken a nap every day of my life between 1.30 and 3. Oh, she's so good. when I would come home from university, I was 18, one day she said, in the garden with these people in a circle, and she said to me, listen, I'm going for my nap. You see, that's my group. Uh, and I knew that something was happening. You know, it used to be just until midday. So that's my group. Uh, that's my seat. You go and sit in my seat because, you know, this one of these chaps, he has just come from hospital, from detox. He bites. He right? bites? Bites. And he I was, bites? Bites. And I was like, 
okay and she said i don't want him to bite anyone but also run away because he wants to go back and have drugs so i'm going for my nap you sit there anything bad happens you wake me up i i had never been around a drug addict and up around drugs i was like he he bites <laughs> and my mother said to me behari okay are you deaf i said no no i'm okay and you know you never said no to mommy i never did i was the younger one you know she was very strict i went and sat in the group next to this guy I, and the I, biter did he bite well no because it's very interesting and that's that i can never forget that day because i was around adults who were dealing with something which is bad no matter where it's happening to you in the world which is you you you've just dried out in a hospital you're in a 28 day rehab program and you're in group therapy this was happening to them in india where it was considered immoral like they had you know like horrible like they were bad people and they were the most human people i'd been around because they weren't seeing me as a teenager or a younger person they were in so much pain and they were so joyful that they could share it so when i went and sat there they were like so you're mrs v's daughter and i was like yes and they were like she you know, some people said she was great some people said she was very tough they just started sharing stuff and i was like mm-hmm. and i was thinking what is happening with these people and then this gentleman the biter He started shuffling in his seat. I thought I was going to have a heart attack because I thought either he's going to bite me, mm-hmm. he's going to bite somebody, and how? What? What if I go inside and get mummy? What if there's? What's going to happen? So then I turned to him and I said, um, "Can I get you some water?" And he looked at me and he said, "No." He said, "You don't want to be here, do you?" And I said, "No." And he said, "Because you're scared." Mm-hmm. And I said, "I'm scared." And he said, "I'm here because I'm scared." Wow. And I'll never forget that conversation. I'll never forget it. And I. That's when I realized that. all people are the same mm. and everyone's a bit scared at some point and if you're scared you got to be in a group and say you're scared and the right group will take you into the fold so talk to us about i i know that you obviously stand up at this point must have been a very alien idea i'd never seen live stand up when i started doing it so i knew about humor and i'd seen a dvd of eddie murphy mm. i knew i mean i loved the fun i i loved funny things even as a child i didn't do I always went to funny shows and wanted like the TV shows that I liked yeah. were a bit more grown up but were funny. Um and mommy had a bit a sir in mommy's family there's so much tragedy especially with the women um and done to the women and yet they all would get together and laugh at at weddings and mm. there was so much brutality that they got through by being funny and by being so thick-skinned that that's really what I absorbed. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw <laughs> I mean why I did stand up it was a fluke I went and did a gig it's a it's a long story that's been much documented because when you do your first hour that's all they want to know how did you get into stand up yeah. but as I do stand up more and more I realize that um you know as a parent you read so many books and you hear so many psychologists talk about the values you can give your children and the right you know all, all these things you can do so your child's life is more is more good Mm. One of the things that my mother did that made our life good and she never did it on purpose was she taught us to always be able to make a joke. Mm-hmm. And that's brutal. I've made jokes about things that are brutal, but the joke has helped me to just get a window open so I can breathe <gasps> mm-hmm. and then get out and do stuff. And the more stand up I do, sometimes I write very dark things. I'm like, "Oh, I cannot put this on stage." and I throw it away. But it's there and i think that's a great way of ventilating your shit did you manage to use that when you were working in banking no well, that, 
must have felt very, very... Did you feel like you were being a different person? Did you feel like you'd put on another skin? Despite all of the kudos it got me, yeah. it was the least me. It wasn't a bad job. I loved my job. But I had to be very different. My mm. impulses had to be patted down a lot, and I had to come up with a whole new set. It was great. I loved it. And who... You know, for a woman in banking, you're you're totally financially independent. And I had a lot of very bright clients because my clients were macro clients, central banks and hedge funds. We talked about politics and economics. People look at you and they think you're a goddess. My God, you're making so much money. Because you flying. understand money. Yeah, you know, you can do this, you can do that. And you're nice flying. lunches, I think. Yeah, great lunches, great outfits. Everything is Armani yeah. and Gucci. And you can fly to New York when you want it. Oh, my God, it's like all, you know... Very devil wears Prada, but not in the fashion world. I enjoyed that a lot. I mean, I te I tested it out, you know. I did. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I tested it out. It's a fantastic persona for a woman because it's all about power. Mm -hmm. And women are so easily in find themselves in positions not of power. Yeah. My mother loved it. Did she boast about you? She boasted about me. She 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 thought I'd done it, what the stuff she couldn't do. Yeah. So when I decided to stop because I had a baby, she was few, she didn't speak to me. Even you know, though you you given her a grandchild, I thought that would be a kind of. What's that got to do with not going to work? She said, "I'll come and take care of the child, go back to work," and I said, "No, I miss the baby." And she was disgusted. She said, "What do you mean?" And she said, "You know, I've, I've, I've. You've studied. You've become. You are the equal of your husband." And that then I'd got married yeah. after banking. You are the equal of your husband, and you are going to throw that away for a child? And then she said a sentence to me, which is in a script I'm writing, so I don't often repeat it, but I'll repeat it for you. She said, Road ki har landi kutia ke pille hote hain, koi badi cheez nahi hai. Every stray bitch on the roadside squeezing out a puppy, it's not that interesting. Oh, it's nice. Wow. Oh, it's good. Wow. Is that a sort of Indian uh, sentence that other people would recognize? No. My mother's tone She's of good. phrase is very She's specific. She's good at, yeah, yeah. And she was furious because for her, children and being at home was what we had to do. Why yeah. would you give up yeah. all that equality with yeah. your spouse? Why would you give up all that ability, as she said, she said, the capacity to keep men at the tip of your shoe. Why would you give that up? And because I was not raised in her environment, because my father is a very enlightened and compassionate man uh, with in general, and I was not raised in a very patriarchal, feudal setup, because I'm not married to someone I thought would kill me. Um, I, in fact, often want to kill him. But anyway, um, I didn't have those impulses. I was like, I miss the baby. Mm -hmm. I had yeah. been westernized. Yes, you I had. Thought, I, I've had a baby, my God. And I still feel that way. But much later, after I'd had two children, one day I was on the floor sleeping next to both of them, and my mother came and she must have opened the door because later when I came to breakfast, she came and she did, delivered all my children, did all the nights, she did all that. She was a well, she actually physically delivered your children. No, as in she came and okay. stood outside. Okay. She was very upset that the that the obstetrician was a man. <laughs> I said, "What's wrong with this pervert? <laughs> why, is he, why does why doesn't he deliver his wife's children?" I'm like, "Well, he probably did, but in India, all obstetricians are women." So she did all that. But she came to me when I had two children and said to me at breakfast, she said, Mujhe pata chala. now I know. She said, you are as maternal as your father, you know. <laughs> ah, I see. And she said, I, I admire you. She said, I never had that instinct that you have to 
protect your children first. And I realized that the reason, now that I've spoken to her more, especially after, just before she had her stroke, I'd, I'd been nominated and I went back after Edinburgh and I was sitting outside with her and I was asking her questions about her teen years, which I don't know, I hadn't asked her before. And my father was there. And I realized the reason my mother said that to me is because my mother grew up fearing for her own life in a very real way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when you grow up in big landlord families, you have a deep down, these women have a deep down fear that they could be disappeared. Mm-hmm. So she didn't have the luxury of sitting back and saying, oh, we'll just do what I feel like. Mm-hmm. She just didn't have that. Yeah. So I have a lot of respect where my mother was coming from when it came to her response to how I behaved. And, you know, over the years, she's seen I had no reason to worry, which is why she even says, she says, you know, you've done so well in your life, but the person I'm most grateful to is your husband. I think my, actually, my mum feels the same as well. Yeah. Um, Incredibly grateful to Jeff for allowing me, because that's part of her culture of sort of, you know, in... Uh, in more respectable northern times of her generation, she would not have been allowed to have been, you know, a foul-mouthed stand-up. I mean, I think she just thinks that Jeff has been incredibly generous. My mother thinks that as well. She thinks he's been generous about everything. She said, you know, you are often so bitchy and your mood is so horrible. You're so, that, bring us up to speed now because we have to let you go for your, your doodah. Tell us about the so, tour. It's uh, September to November. It's a lot, lot of tour dates. Um, so I would like people who are listening to this who like me or like my mother. Um, in fact, you could just dislike me just if you like my mother. I love your enough. mother. Yeah. Yes, yeah. please come. She features in my show. It's called Sandhog. And uh, buy some tickets. Do Why is it called sand- Sandhog? Am I being thick? No, no, you're not. You can't. But I can't tell you. Oh, because, yeah, we have I to buy the, the tickets to come see the show and then I'm you explain it to absolutely us. absolutely going to come and see your show. Yeah. I'm going to bring my daughters. Good. She lives in Oxfordshire. Are you going to yeah, Yes, I am going there. To Oxford yes, itself? Yes. Excellent. And what about London dates? The first one in London, I'm kicking off the tour here at the Bloomsbury Theatre on the 5th of September. Lovely. And then I'm doing at least... One date, probably end up being two in no- at the end of November. One is at Arts Depot in Finchley, and one more, and they haven't figured out where, but it's coming. Try and make it South London. Okay. Try and make it local to me. Time. All right, I'll do that. I'll do that. All right, Clapham Grand. I'll tell them that. Would you? Oh, it's <laughs> a great. It's a great venue. Have you ever been? You'd love it. Okay, great. And I can get there direct. Anyway, we have been. We've been educated. We've been. I'm so coming yeah, to your so get a box. Come, come. So coming. Good. It's really, and I will be. Uh, the, I want the because I'm away in September for your London date. So I want the. Uh, we'll make sure that we we'll know. Go on. Yes, we'll, we'll. Where you are that in the November. Oh ones. yes, please, please. Yeah. Maybe we'll come to Clapham. I do. I would suggest it to the agent. It I'm, is a great space. I'm going to get out of here and start texting them now. <laughs> I'll take fifteen percent. Thank you so very much. much. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoy Older and Wider and would like to support the podcast, please like, subscribe and share. Tell your friends about it. We need some more subscribers and reviews. You find us on iTunes. Mind you, if you're not listening to this, you know... Kind of fighting a losing battle. No, it's not. Come you on. You can email the show at olderwiderpod at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter, should you fancy that, at Jenny Eclair. 
and me on Grey at Grey Pride UK. I never know what my Twitter handle is. Whenever you see you say Grey Pride, I always imagine he was a big proud squirrel. (laughs) Big proud grey squirrel sitting there proudly. Yes, busying away. Yeah, with a nut, a great nut. (laughs) (laughs) Don't have to take that. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.